Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name's Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into episode 237. Last week, we dove into the Australian cattle outlook with Ripley Atkinson from MLA sharing their latest projections. And one of the key watch factors for our market is what's happening in the US with their domestic supply. Now, you may have noticed Rob Herman has been MIA from the Commodity Conversations podcast for the last couple of weeks. Well, he's been traveling in the US and collecting some on-the-ground insights of what the story is with the US cattle herd and production and how we might expect this to impact competition with Australian beef and demand for Australian beef as one of our core customers. To dive into the topic today, Rob is joined by Art Butler, who with his family have run an Angus seed stock operation since 1919, located in Bliss in southern Idaho, USA. Art also serves on the board of directors of the American Angus Association, so it's fantastic to have him on the podcast today to talk all things US cattle. Before we do dive in, though, here are a few things to know from the markets this week, and what a week it was for the grain complex. The US weather turned wetter, which added some hope for the corn crop, and sent the wheat futures price tumbling from 753 cents per bushel last Friday to 653 cents on Thursday evening for the December contract. Closer to home and rain is the talk of the town with parts of southern WA, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales all receiving well above average rainfall for June. So that dry winter for the east has also been pushed back to August in the bomb's latest outlook with the north and east bracing for a widespread and pretty unseasonable rain event this weekend. Despite all that rain, it really has done little to budge livestock markets in a positive direction though in terms of restocker supply and demand. Even with some stock kept away from sale yards this week due to the wet and difficulty transporting stock, the lamb market ended this week significantly cheaper. So the last time restocker lamb prices were this low was back in the 2013-14 season. The Eastern Young Cattle Indicator also inched lower this week, but up north feeder values have been holding firm. That's it from me today. I'll leave you with Robert Herman and Art Butler. Well, thanks, Liv. Yes, uh, you're right. I'm not um, I'm not calling in from anywhere close by now. I'm in the, in the US of A. And uh, when I was coming to the US, I uh, spoke to an old friend of mine, um, Pete Hughes, down in Tasmania, who's got... Uh, an Angus stud down there. And Pete said, look, if you're ever going anywhere near Idaho, you've got to go and see a guy called Art Butler. So the other day, Lynn and I went and called and visited Art. And uh, Art is a director. Not only does he have a very lovely station or ranch over here, we call it ranches here, called Spring Cobra Ranch. But he's also a director of American, uh, on the board of directors, I should say, of the American Angus Association. And Art Welcome to Commodity Conversations. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And, and thank you for taking your time out to come visit us. It was fabulous. Well, Art, um, I know you've been, your family's been on the property a long time. So just tell us a little bit about the background history of Spring Cove Ranch. And then we can talk more about the markets and the prices and the things that are happening here in the US. But tell us a little bit about your situation on Spring Cove Ranch. 
Okay, my grandparents actually uh, settled this place, uh, and you saw it, Robert. There was, it's quite nice now. It looks like a little oasis out here in the desert. We're in a dry climate, uh, eight inches of rainfall annually. Uh, but we currently have 500 head, of, or excuse me, 500 acres of irrigated ground. And uh, my grandparents and my parents had the foresight to plant trees every chance they got. And it's uh, quite an oasis out here. They grubbed the brush out, leveled the land and started irrigating it. My grandfather loved uh, quality stock. He was on he raised perching horses, thoroughbred horses, quarter horses, and Angus cattle. So uh, he was a real livestock person, and and he promoted Angus cattle and perching horses all over the West. So then, you uh, um, so so Art, you you breed a lot of um, you're a seed stock breeder, I think that's fair to say, and your bulls go all around the countryside. That's correct. We host a annual bull sale every March and uh, we sell bulls to about on the average 12 to 15 states uh, largely go here in southern Idaho eastern Oregon and northern Nevada but we also sell bulls to other seed stock pr producers throughout the U.S. and Canada I might add. Well um, you mentioned that that you're in a little oasis and I've got to say, in Australia, we watch with a great deal of interest the seasonal conditions in the US because when things are tough here, um, it's the same as in Australia. When things are tough, you sell down your female herd. And we've noticed you've been doing that for some time. What are the seasonal conditions like now in, in general, not just in your area, but in general in the US? Has the drought largely ended? The uh, they're getting some relief, but we've had uh, nationally we've had quite a bit of liquidation of the southern plains, especially. But now it, the droughts creeped up into the central plains as well, and uh, but the southern plains had a lot of cattle liquidation, and so did so did the northern plains, uh, Montana, North Dakota. Uh, this year the north is very very uh, fortunate. They've got a lot of moisture and a lot of grass, but but we're low on cattle numbers. I think the lowest we've been since 1963, uh, as far as cow-calf uh, uh, breeding breeding animals. So, and and we're the same in Australia. When things are tough, we we um, the herd goes into liquidation and, and we reduce it, but we try and recover quickly after the drought. How's that going, in your opinion, in some of the areas where the, where the drought has broken and the feed is available? I, I think there's a lot of interest. And, in, well, obviously, there is. The bread heifer market is really perked up. Uh, the, uh, almost double what they were a year ago. Uh, the, so there's, you know, the market is recovering and there's going to be some retention. However, the last, the May 1st, at least cattle, well, the June 1st uh, cattle on feed report showed still quite a few females going into feedlots. So um, a lot of heifer placements still going into feedlots. So that means we're probably going to probably going to have a uh, slower recovery. 
as far as cow numbers. Now, I, I didn't mention in our introduction, Art, but um, you're also, you also do video sales. I, I don't know whether you call yourself an agent over here, but we, in Australia, we would call you a video sales agent. Can you just tell us a little bit about that role that you have in, in helping people take their cattle to market? Yeah, I got involved in that kind of indirectly through, I've always, you know, we Stacy and I made an effort clear back in the late 80s, early 90s to start helping producers that buy our bulls and to support them when they sell their calves. And we tried to put, you know, buyers, I, I tried to introduce myself to the local buyers and put, put the buyers and the sellers together and try to promote it that way, help them that way and inform the buyers of the genetics <clears throat> that these people are buying from me, the seed stock guy. So, and then it, as the video market started to take off in this country, in the West, there's more and more of my producers that are selling load lots, meaning 48 to 60,000 pounds of like kind of cattle, meaning the same class, same weight. And if you have a vi have a load lot, then the video companies, uh, it's, a, it's an auction, but rather than taking them to a central market, we video the cattle, we describe the cattle, we describe when we're gonna sell them, at what weight they will be, the feed that they're on, the shots that they've had, and, and write up a contract, and then they actually have an auction. So it's still a, a competitive auction market, but they have an auction showing the video only. The calves stay on the ranch till delivery day. Now, now it's an interesting thing because we have a system called Auctions Plus, but those cattle that we sell in Auctions Plus are delivered pretty much in, in the in next week or two. Your sales, though, could be selling cattle for delivery well into the future. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. And so, our popular, I, I, I'm a representative for Western Video Market, which is the principal one here in the far west. There's a half a dozen of those video companies out there. Uh, <clears throat> the Western Video Market is one of the first ones, and I think they just celebrated their 30th year. I, I might, it might be actually longer than that when they did some in-house anyway. But uh, anyway, they we did our biggest sale is in July. It's a three-day auction. We'll sell 150 to 180 thousand cattle over those three days, and they will be delivered as early as the following week, clear up into January first or first part of January. But the majority of them are springborn calves for delivery in October, November, and December. So clearly you're not weighing the calves then. You're, you're estimating the weight at the moment and then predicting the weight on delivery. Correct, correct. And the first time it's always, always a little bit nervous because you don't know the conditions, but once you've done this a couple of times, you just adjust your weights according to the conditions of that current year. Uh, you know, the calves, they won't vary a whole lot, but in our contract, 
we have stipulations that they've got to be within a certain parameter and then we had, and then even within those parameters if they're heavier light we'll adjust the price accordingly whatever but the seller gets to determine how much he's willing to do that and we write that in the initial contract before the auction so I'm talking today to Art Butler on Commodity Conversations, and Art is the Art and his wife Stacy are the principals and the and the major shareholders in Spring Cove Ranch here in Idaho. And Art is also on the board of directors of American Angus Association. Now, Art, since the drought broke in Australia, we've been on a roller coaster ride for prices. We had the market took off dramatically after the drought broke. But in the last, in recent times, we've seen it come right back to where it was prior to that. Can you just tell us how things are going in the US here? Because it, I've got to say, I've called into a few butcher shops and had a look around. Um, prices are pretty solid in the butcher shops. Um, what is that translating back to good prices for the um, for the feeder cattle and the uh, and the breeders? Yes, yes. Uh, seed stock, you know, our our prices will affect will be affected by the market. And whenever there's a market like this, there's a lot of optimism. And, and uh, we're usually a little lag. I mean, when the, when the market's the highest in the commercial calf market, you know, we might not realize that till the following year, but, uh, but it's uh, right now, the markets are near records. I think fat cattle actually hit a record two weeks ago or a week ago. And, uh, you know, we're set up with this low numbers and the, and the demand for our high quality product. We're set up for a pretty good market for many years, especially with the heifers going into the feedlot still. That means the cattle, we're not going to rebuild cattle numbers very fast. So now I was going to ask um, you about that, Art, because as a seed stock producer and, and as and your role with the Angus Association, I mean, we you're probably pretty keen to see numbers rebuild. Uh, back, you know, recover from this uh, from this downturn in numbers. Do you think that's going to happen? And and if it is, over what time period are we going to see a rebuild here in the U.S.? Well, I, I think it's you know starting this fall. I think there's going to be a lot more bred heifers for sale. I think a few people kept calves or are going to keep their own calves and breed them next year. Uh, we have a few customers that have actually kept uh, another third of their heifers or so and have bred them to one of our bulls and we're going to have a, a sale in the fall and, and help them sell those cattle as well. There'll be, there'll be November, it'll be a November sale and they'll be bred to calve in February. So that'd be a good opportunity to move them. And, and do you think, um, the cattle industry here is, um, I mean, what's the general feel about it? Is it, I mean, the prices are good. Hopefully the season is turning in the areas that aren't good yet, but in some areas it's good. What's the feeling like about the cattle industry here in, in the US? It were, you know, everywhere I go, it's very, uh, people are very optimistic. I, I think that our outlook is about as bright as it's ever been. Uh, in spite of the higher prices and you know and some of that's going into the uh, uh, meat case as well because 
luckily that we haven't had a lot of inflation in the meat case. It's just been in the, in the market for, you know, the, the feeders are making a little bit of money now and the, and the cow calf man's going to make some money and the packers, maybe not as much as he made during the COVID, but at least he's, you know, paying his expenses. So it's, it's a good thing when all sectors of the industry make some money, you know, and it's not a good thing like it was a few years ago when the packers were getting most of it and the feeders were losing a lot. No, and that's not a recipe for uh, growth in anyone's stretch of imagination, Art. Art, um, look, yeah. I, I had I had the pleasure of we had the pleasure of visiting your property, and I looked in your um, uh, your uh, guest book, and I saw there was quite a few Australians had been to visit you over the time, and I can understand now why they do. Um, you were a tremendous host for us, and uh, and we had a great time. We also went to the Filer. Um, what would you call it? The Filer Fair? Can you just explain what was happening there? Well, that, that was a county fairgrounds. Each county has a fairground in America, or most of them do, at least in the rural county. And uh, But that wasn't the county fair. That was a beef industry supported thing. It's what we call the Junior Beef Expo, where all breed organizations got together and they host a summer field day for their, our junior members, for our youth up to 21 years old. And, and they get to compete in uh, not only in showing their animals, but also in uh, judging contests and trivia bowls and things like that. It's, it's just a general uh, beef education field day for all breeds. And we get together and do it together. And, and that way we get more youth involved and and it becomes a pretty good event. And then every three years, uh, most of the, well, put it this way, the Angus Association has regional shows that we move around. And every three years, Idaho hosts that regional show. It's called the Northwest Preview. And that's what you saw. Well, um, we, we saw um, a whole range of young people all really keen with their cattle. Um, there were some little boys and girls there who must have been only nine or ten, I think, um, leading their steers around, and it was fantastic. I've got to say, Art, in summing up today, um, there's a lot of people in Australia who would love to see you come down too. So um, what about it? <laughs> well, that is that is on my bucket list. So I will have to make a point and come. I really thank you for your time. It's, um, it's you know, it's a... It's a it's getting late at night here. We're recording this, and uh, and thanks very much to Lib for sorting all this out. But thanks for coming on Commodity Conversations, Art, and we'd love to meet you again, host you down under if that happens, but certainly talk to you again sometime in the future on Commodity Conversations. Well, I'd love to. I'd love to do that, and uh, and thank you for, like I said, thanks for coming to our ranch, and uh, I enjoyed meeting you and and Mick and and. Uh, I wish we would have had a little more time.